This is Herb Montgomery, and I want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who are supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries. It's people like yourself that enable us to exist and to be a positive resource in our world in the work of survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, and transformation. If you're unfamiliar with Renewed Heart Ministries, we are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about centering a set of values and ethics in the experiences of those on the undersides and margins of our society informed also by the sayings and the teachings of the historical Jewish Jesus of Nazareth. If you'd like to support our work, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. But for now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to this week's weekly podcast. This is episode 199 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. We're a little excited this week because that means next week will be our 200th episode, and we'll speak more about uh, that landmark uh, in the 200th episode itself, uh, but we're, we're, we're looking forward to that. Our title this week is Woes Against the Exegetes of the Law, and our feature text is Sings Gospel Q 11, 46b, 52, and 47 through 48. And woe to you, exegetes of the law, for you bind burdens and load on the backs of people, but you yourselves do not want to lift your finger to move them. Woe to you, exegetes of the law, for you shut the kingdom of God from people. You did not go in, nor let in those trying to get in. Woe to you, for you built the tombs of the prophets, but your forefathers killed them, and thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of your forefathers. Our companion texts are Matthew 23, 4. They tie up heavy and cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Matthew 23, 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Matthew 23, 29-32. Woe to you, teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you build tombs of the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. But And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the sin of your ancestors. And Luke eleven forty six, Jesus replied, And you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Luke eleven fifty two, woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who are entering. Luke eleven forty seven through 48 Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. And lastly, the Gospel of Thomas 39, 1 through 2, Jesus says, The Pharisees and the scribes have received the keys of knowledge, but they have hidden them. Neither have they entered, nor have they allowed to enter those who wish to. A century before before the destruction of Jerusalem in, in 70 CE, Hillel the Elder, a, a Pharisee, he described the entire Torah in terms of the golden rule. He said, What is hateful to thee, do not unto thy fellow man, for this is the whole law, the rest is mere commentary. Hillel's contemporary uh, Shammai 
it sought to protect Jewish identity through strict interpretation of the Torah and and specifically its purity codes. And and that in doing that, he was trying to shore up the divisions between Jews and Gentiles. After Hillel's death and, and during the days when Jesus taught, the school of Shammai had the upper hand among the, the working classes, religious leaders, and religious teachers in Galilee and Judea. And Jesus' teachings have few, very little parallels with Shammai, and they have actually much in common uh, with Hillel. But, but some elements in Hillel like uh, uh, solidarity with the poor, the poor sectors of Jewish society, uh, they're unique to Jesus himself. The, the Pharisees resonated deeply with the working class in Jesus's day, and I believe that much of Jesus's critique of the the teachers and the leaders that we're looking at this week uh, was directed toward the school of Shammai and not the school of Hillel. Jesus's critique of the Shammai Pharisees in our saying this week that we're, that we're looking at it could just it just as easily could have been made uh, by Hillel a generation before of Shammai. This week, also keep in mind uh, Matthew's use of the phrase kingdom of heaven. Luke prefers the phrase keys to knowledge. Either way, what, what we've witnessed from the from the Jesus Sayings Gospel cue is, is a focus on the here and in the now, not the hereafter. Matthew's gospel is a very Jewish Galilean telling of the Jesus story, and, and many today have have noticed that rather than using the phrase kingdom of God, Matthew's gospel replaces the word God with heaven. And, and remember this, that the Jesus of Q is concerned much less with people gaining access to a, a post-mortem cosmic heaven, um, heavenly realm that, that, that keeps them passive in the face of injustice now, and much more passionate about announcing the arrival of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven uh, uh, here on earth today. And this Jesus is less concerned with getting people to heaven at some point in the future and much more focused on bringing the liberation of heaven into people's lives now. And we must critique uh, and continue to do so versions of Christianity that are radically privatized and are intentionally removed from all social politics. We have to also critique interpretations of the Jesus story that are opiates for the oppressed and, and encourage them to just simply be passive in the face of injustice. The most striking potential connection between our saying this week and the Pharisees' view of the school Shammai is the warning about exegetes of the law who bind burdens and load on the backs of the people and do not want to lift their fingers to move them. The exegetes of the the school of Shammai, they were meticulous in adhering to the purity codes. And we saw this last week, and you can find it in Matthew 23, 23, and Luke 11, 42. They were not very much concerned about the economic burdens facing the poor among their constituents. And actually, that's a little bit of a misnomer because they were very concerned about the poverty of the poor, but they attached moral significance and value to it. If you were poor, uh, you must have broken the, the purity code somewhere, and 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 Yahweh was, was punishing you. And this was a way of interpreting uh, Deuteronomy 28, uh, that said if you were poor, you weren't being exploited by the wealthy. You were morally inferior to those whom Yahweh was blessing 
for adhering to the Torah. And this jumps out at me in three ways. First, it blames people for their oppression. And second, as many today do in relation to America's economic and military status on our globe, religious people often attribute wealth to being blessed by God rather than being the, the reaping of the fruit of stolen or hoarded resources gained by ex- exploiting others. Uh, manifest destiny and the long continuing history of colonialism, um, I think, are examples. And, and, and third, Christianity has done both social good and social harm, just like the school of Shammai. All religions can be a powerful force for good, for survival, for resistance and liberation, or they can be used instead to oppress, to marginalize, to exclude and, and extricate. And, and the choice is ours, which will allow religion to, to be used for. But I'm happy to be able to say that the Pharisees and the rabbis, they later, uh, in the history of Judaism, they later rejected the school of Shammai as, as harmful, and they chose Hillel's golden rule-based interpretation of the Torah instead, and, and Jesus' interpretation of the Torah instead. And the internal struggle... Uh, that we're witnessing among the Pharisees that we we glimpse in our saying this week uh, was was eventually resolved on the side of compassion and love rather than sacrifice in the first century. And you can cross-reference that with Hosea 6.6. But Jesus and the Pharisees of the school of Hillel, they had, again, much in common. And consider the the interaction between Jesus and a follower of Hillel in Mark's gospel. In, in Mark 12, 32-34, it says, Well said, teacher, the man replied, You are right in saying that God is one and there is no one but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. You can cross-reference that with Hosea 6, 6, where it says, I desire mercy rather than sacrifice. And Jesus is uh, uh, much, his Hillelian language used in Matthew 9, 13, and 12, uh, 7 on sacrifice versus mercy. But those who subscribe to the, the school of Shammai's Torah interpretation, they would have been very put off and, and perhaps even angered by some of Jesus's more inclusive choices, such as like Luke 15. Uh, they were refusing to enter into what Jesus called the reign of God, and they did their best to use their influence to obstruct the way for everyone around them and to call that way dangerous as well. Jesus's last rebuke about the children of those who killed the prophets this week it called to mind the, the work of Vincent Harding about the, the national holiday for Martin Luther King Jr. and the, the Reagan administration's co-opting of, of King's memory. In Martin Luther King, the inconvenient hero, Vincent Harding uses Carl Wendell Hines uh, Jr.'s poem. And I want to read that to you this week. Now that he is safely dead, let us praise him. Build monuments to his glory. Sing hosannas to his name. Dead men make such convenient heroes. They cannot rise to challenge the images we would fashion from their lives. And besides, it is easier to build monuments than to make a better world. So now that he is safely dead, we with eased consciences will teach our children that he was a great man, knowing that the cause for which he lived is still a cause, and the dream for which he died is still a dream, a dead man's dream. These words 
were first written about Malcolm X, and then later they were applied to King. They could also be applied to the Hebrew prophets and to Jesus as well. And I think they offer much for us to consider in the context of of Monday being Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day also. But we will talk about more of that um, next week. Uh, This year, uh, in 2017, um, let's take one statement from that poem. Let's not simply build monuments for those whom the system has silenced uh, and that we've silenced too. Let's instead make the choice to engage in the hard work uh, of making a better world. And so in light of all that, this week's saying, Woe to you, exegetes of the law, for you bind burdens and you load on the backs of people, but you yourselves do not want to lift a finger to move them. Woe to you, exegetes of the law, for you shut the kingdom of God from people. You did not go in nor let in those trying to get in. Woe to you, for you built tombs of the prophets, but your forefathers killed them. And thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of your forefathers. Heart group application uh, this week. Last week I asked your your groups to recenter your focus on compassion and justice and to pick a practice that would facilitate this refocusing. This week, I want you to lean further into that same exercise. Number one, brainstorm another activity that you can engage in this week as a group and and that promotes justice and compassion within your group and in your surrounding community. Then number two, map out what this will require of each of you and, and commit to action between this week and next. And that's important because number three, when you come back together next week, I want you to share with each other your experiences from actually following through on these actions. What did you experience? What was that like? Um, Just share with each other. This year, again, 2017, like every year, is packed with our potential to make our world a safer, more just, more compassionate home for all of us. And each of us can do something, whether big or small, in our circles of influence. So reach out this week and make action your choice. Thanks for checking in with us this week. Keep living in love. And in the words of our saying last week, a love that finds expression through living in justice, mercy, faithfulness, um, specifically faithfulness to the marginalized and the exploited uh, as, as well. And remember, I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Thank you once again for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is done with the purpose of making these resources as free as possible. And to do so, we need the help of people like yourself. If you'd like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking on the Donate tab at the top right of the homepage. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24. Make sure you also sign up for our free resources on our website, and we have a monthly newsletter that we mail out, and there's just much, much more. Remember, everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is for free, and every little bit helps. And anything we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily pass on to other not-for-profits that we feel are making both systemic and, and personal differences in the lives of those less privileged within our status quo. And for those already Already supporting our work. Again, thank you. Together we are making a difference, making our world a safer, more just, more compassionate home for us all.